welcome back to another episode of the Sleepy Knots podcast. You guys, this week has been so, so crazy. So, I will be 40 this year, and I know technically that means I have no business on TikTok, but I discovered something called paranormal TikTok, you know, where you... you you know, you you follow the hashtag for paranormal and you get to see all of the paranormal videos on TikTok. And it was like the universe, I don't know, the universe smiled on me or something. Okay, let me back it up a little bit. So I live down the hill from a, not one, but two gigantic old cemeteries. And, and I mean, in Oregon, the cemeteries that I've seen are all surrounded by lush greenery and, you know, beautiful, natural things. And, and these cemeteries are no exception. And so the one cemetery is specifically for, um, veterans of the Korean war. And so it's really well kept and it's beautiful, but it's humongous. And the other cemetery is a, is a public cemetery, but it has, where they started it and how it has grown. It has started taking over the side of like the, I mean, I live on Mount Scott, technically, but it's not like a real mountain. It's not like I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm in the middle of the city. And so it, but this, the cemetery has taken over this entire side of the mountain. And so I always enjoyed living by a cemetery because it is so quiet. I mean, it's so quiet and they don't mind if you go and you walk in the cemetery and you take in the nature and you do all, you know, do all the things as long as you're respectful. Um, and I know it sounds weird to like spend time in cemeteries, but I'm telling you, it is like, it's like being at the park, but without anybody being there <laughs> to ruin your time commuting with nature. And so my best friend and I tend to go and we'll like meditate in the graveyard and we'll do, we'll do all these things. Um, but it's not like nefarious in any way, but because of where I live, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that come with it that I didn't anticipate. And so like one of them is I have really bad really bad soil. And I think it's because, I mean, this is just my theory. I have like, I have no evidence of this, but I think it's because all of the embalmed bodies and, uh, the chemicals as they start to become one with the earth, I think, and then it trickles down the mountain. I mean, this, again, I'm not a scientist, but this is just my theory. And so like when I try to grow things, I've run into a lot of problems. And, um, anyway, the drainage is really weird and things are just weird. Things are weird by the cemetery. And so, um, we had, we had some people who shot out our, um, the window on our garage door. And so we got a ring doorbell for our garage. We already had one for the front door. We got one for our garage and the other night, and I'm used to, you know, like there's cats and stuff in the neighborhood. And so the ring doorbell goes off all the time and, and I'm used to it. But, um, I hear, I hear the notification on my phone and I ignore it. And like, I hear it again, two minutes later. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? There's somebody at the door. So I look at my footage and I live in Portland. We don't have weasels. We don't have, um, you know, we have baby skunks, but they don't move like this thing on my video is moving and we have snakes, but they don't go out at night. They're not out yet. It's too cold. It's still early spring. And so I have this footage. I put it up on my TikTok. I'm at Aaron Potter plow and it's of what I am a hundred percent convinced is a ghost cat. I mean, it doesn't move like any animal that I've seen. And there's, um, a lot of people that disagree with me, but it, 
it moves and then it disappears. It disappears once it gets across my driveway. And I know that had it gone any further, it would have set off my front doorbell ring camera. It did not. Um, and so anyway, so I put it up on TikTok because I just discovered this hashtag paranormal. I put it up there. I don't expect anything because I, I have literally no followers at law well, at the time. I had no followers. I had like very little interaction with people. I throw it up there. Hashtag ghost cat. Hashtag paranormal. I got, as of right now, I have 376,000 views of this video and like so many comments and it's people like, oh, it's a weasel. Yeah, we don't have weasels here. I mean, not like in the city. Uh, they go, oh, it's a lizard. It's nighttime. It's cold. Lizards don't really go out at night. And I don't have lizards around here. I have snakes. But again, not snake season yet. You'll know this if you followed my my snake chronicles in the past, um, which I'll get into another day. So anyway, this video like blew up and it was crazy. So I thought, okay, I'm going to post this other video that I got. And my brother got my, my youngest son a remote control fire truck for his birthday and he loves it. There's a button on the remote control to turn the remote on and off. There's a button on the truck to turn the truck on and off. Both are turned off and the truck moves on its own all the time. I switch out the batteries, brand new batteries, still moves all the time. The remote control can be in the garage, the truck in the house, the truck moves all the time. So I threw that up on TikTok, TikTok hashtag paranormal, right? And people are like, oh, just replace your batteries. Oh, do this. Oh, do that. And it's fine. Um, you know, they don't know the backstory on it, but um, I'm sort of like finding that I should probably record all the weird things that happen around my house because maybe they're, let's see, what do the kids say? Legit hashtag paranormal. <laughs> So anyway, follow me on TikTok. I now have two videos. You can check out what everyone seems to think is a weasel, um, which again, don't really have around here. Um, although one guy really made me laugh hard because he, he was like, it's Michael Jackson. And, uh, you know, but anyway, on to today's story. I just had to share my TikTok adventure because I thought it was so crazy. All right. Are you ready for your sleep story? Okay, let's take a deep breath. Are you comfortable? Find someplace comfortable if you're not comfortable. Take a moment, hit pause. Hunker down, get comfy cozy. Take some deep cleansing breaths because today we are going to read a story called Mila Kunis and Banana the Alpaca. Kunis came home one day to see a for sale sign in her neighbor's yard. She felt the nagging, nervous feeling in the pit of her stomach that things were about to get much more complicated. The people that had lived next door to Mila Kunis since she had bought her house were perfect. They were an old couple who paid people to come into their yard work so they never had ivy creeping over the property lines. And since they were old and they were mostly deaf, they never complained when her kids were loud or when her monthly karaoke sessions ran late into the night. They were the perfect neighbors. But now with them leaving, it was going to be neighbor roulette. Would they get a rowdy couple who loved to shoot off M80s in the middle of the night? 
or a couple who would fight and scream at each other all the time, or ones who would let their ancient trees drop leaves all over Mila Kunis's yard and she would have to rake them even though she fucking hates raking leaves and made a point to buy a home with no trees that drop leaves. As the weeks went on, her anxiety rose. As the old couple were shuffled off to assisted living and their home slowly emptied of all its contents, Mila Kunis would watch as the realtors would come and go and come and go with countless potential new neighbors until finally one day it happened. One day she saw that someone had slapped a pending sign over the for sale sign. Mila Kunis laid in bed at night dodging Ashton Kutcher's disgusting yellow toenails and worrying into the wee hours of the morning about who would move in. Her friends and family told her not to worry about it and that everything was going to be fine but no one was going to be able to convince her of that until she knew exactly who was moving in. Finally, the day came when the moving truck pulled up and out climbed movers with boxes and couches and dressers wrapped in moving plastic. Mila Kunis sat by the window sipping coffee and waiting for the new owners to show up. Finally, a Subaru wagon with Oregon plates pulled into the driveway. The stickers in the back were many and the theme of which were veganism, environmentalism, and equality for all. She let out a relieved sigh. This was such a good sign. Two stunning women emerged from the car, both slight of frame, beautiful, young, filled with joy, and she chided herself for worrying so much. This nice married couple was going to be fine to live next to. A few days later, Mila Kunis went over and introduced herself to Sandy and Danielle Walker Hertz. They were kind and funny Oregon transplants, and the three headed off with no problem. All was smooth sailing until a few weeks later when out of nowhere, an alpaca showed up in a horse trailer. The fluffy, tiny, almost llama was led into the backyard where a newly constructed alpaca pen sat just waiting for him. Since they shared a fence in their backyards, Mila worried for a moment that they might be dangerous, but after a quick Google, she realized it would all be fine. Their gentle creatures and her new third neighbor should be Maybe fun. Maybe her kids would get to know him and be friends. One afternoon, while wandering around her backyard looking for slugs, she heard the small and subtle grunts of the soft, yellow-furred alpaca that her neighbors had named Banana. Mila Kunis smiled at the alpaca, and as she started to say good morning to him, he abruptly spit a glob of alpaca slobber right at her, totally out of nowhere. The blob landed hard and wet on her left cheek, and it took all her restraint not to vomit right then and there. What the fuck? Fuck you, banana! She shouted as she turned and headed for the house to find a fresh clean towel to clean herself off. Fuck that thing, she muttered. I'm never being nice to him again. I was going to give him carrots. Nope, never saying hi. Fuck that guy and his fucking weird yellow fur. From that day on, Every time that Mila Kunis was in her yard and Banana spotted her across the fence, he would try to spit on her. One day they glared at each other for like five solid minutes before he spit another glob of mouth slurry at her. She quickly dodged it because she was onto him now and watching it fly past her face, it landed near the kid's swing set and she said, ha, fuck you, Banana. You're gonna have to try harder if you're gonna get me again. Fool me once, bitch, she shouted. It was the next day when Ashton Kutcher descended the stairs in their home with a piece of paper in one hand and a stern look on his face. You aren't allowed within 50 feet of Banana and you can't taunt him. They have a protection order against you. 
Her jaw hit the floor. Since when can you get a restraining order for a fucking llama? She asked. Alpaca, he corrected, and she rolled her eyes and stomped out of the room. That evening after the kids were asleep and she had finished her third glass of wine, she heard Banana in his backyard and wandered out with every intention of making peace. There needed to be an olive branch extension in this situation, and since she was human, she figured that she better be the one to do it. Psst. Hey. Hey, asshole. Come here. I want to make, make peace with you. Hey. Hey, come here, you yellow prick. She whispered at the alpaca. Mila Kunis pulled a small table over to the fence to stand on so she could be eye to eye with the beast. Hey, come on, man. We got off on the wrong foot. You spit at me, I cussed at you. We're definitely both the asshole here. Come on, let's just be friends. Let's be friends, it'll be fun. As she spoke, he leaned in and sniffed her breath on the wind. And as he did, he started to make little excited alpaca grunts. You want some wine? You like wine too? Oh my God, of course you do. We're gonna be best friends after this. I swear, just stay here. I'll be right back. Okay, we're gonna share a drink and we're gonna be best friends. The alpaca grunted in seeming approval and she was off in a dash to grab the bottle and two glasses. When she returned, Banana was standing right where she'd left him and he was drooling while watching her pour a glass. His tongue darted in and out of his mouth and as soon as she had it within his reach, he immediately began to slurp up all she had poured. While Mila Kunis was unsure how much Banana weighed and at what point an alpaca has had enough to drink, she figured he would give some sign of being finished. But he did not. Ten minutes later, the bottle was empty and Banana had finally wandered off to pee in the corner of his pen and snack on some grass. And she was like, ooh, good idea. It's hot pocket time for mama. She went in the house, made herself some pepperoni hot pockets, and climbed into bed. As she was laying in bed, she thought to herself how she might give him a little sip every now and then when his moms weren't paying attention. She drifted off to sleep with the pride of knowing that she had successfully squashed a beef that she had made with an alpaca and had done it with style and grace. When she was awoken in the morning, it was to the sounds of wails and screams from outside. She paused for a moment and when she was sure that they were not the pain cries of her own children, she went back to sleep. She didn't care. But not long after that, Ashton Kutcher burst into the bedroom and threw on the lights. What the fuck did you do to Banana? Huh? huh? What are you talking about? She said. Banana is dead and now our neighbors are screaming that you murdered him. They're vegans. This is a big deal. Mila Kunis paused. That alpaca just couldn't hold his liquor. Maybe he was passed out, she thought as she shook her head. No, 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 no. We squashed our beef. I had no reason to kill him. We were best friends now. Oh, really? Ashton shouted. Because they seem to think that based on the footage on their security camera of you giving Banana something to eat, that you killed him because he dropped dead shortly after. What did you do? She sat up, total disbelief. He wanted some of my wine, so we shared a drink as a gesture of peace. I didn't realize the whole bottle was gone until it was too late. Ashton Kutcher shook his head in disbelief. As our neighbors have informed me, alpacas are allergic to mold. What do you think makes up 90% of that shitty $3 wine you keep buying from 7-Eleven? Fermented means moldy. <gasps> oh, shit. Shit, shit, shit she realized exactly what the whole thing looked like. 
can we buy them another one? Like, or like maybe two? How much can an alpaca possibly cost? She said. Well, according to this, banana was a $50,000 alpaca. You want to shell out $100,000 for alpacas for our neighbors? Mila Kunis's mind raced. There had to be a way out. What if we get like a, like a small llama? They won't even notice. Llamas are cheaper. They're basically the same thing. We're not doing that. He cut her off right there. You have to go over there and apologize. Apologize and admit you killed Banana. Oh, I'm never doing that. I'll send an edible arrangement for Banana's funeral and then we're moving. End of story. I'm never apologizing. Ashton Kutcher shook his head and threw the papers down on the floor as he walked from the bedroom. Mila Kunis rubbed her eyes. She was too hungover for this. She could not deal with this. So she grabbed her phone, crawled under the covers, pulled the blankets over her head, clicked the little blue icon on her phone, and started scrolling through Zillow for their new home because there's no fucking way that she's gonna admit she killed Banana on accident or on purpose. No way, no how. They're fucking moving. The end. I hope everyone has a really good week. So until next week, I hope you sleep well. <laughs>